Hey, it's Robert Berger here, editing late on a Wednesday night again to get the episode out in time. This was a live stream that Lee and I did. This was the first live stream that worked out, and um, it was just a Q&A. We did it mainly to test the software, but Lee and I had a ton of fun doing it. I want to try to work on editing these into stuff that's worthy for the stream. Um, after listening to this, there's ways I'm going to do it differently from now on. Uh, but these these Q and A things uh, live stream uh, are are super awesome. If you're not on the email list to be notified when we're going to be live streaming, just head on over to robertberger.com, b-e-r-g-e-r, and backslash live, or just go in the show uh, description in your podcast app there, and uh, I'll put a link in there for it. And then sign up for the email list there. That's how you get these notifications. That's how kind of everybody who is in the chat that you hear us talking about, uh, they knew to come join is they were, they're on that, that email list. And I use that basically just to, at this point in time, I'm just using that to notify people when we're going live. But yeah, I, I'd like to do these, I don't know, once a month, once every other month, once a quarter, we haven't quite figured it out yet. But um, yeah, super fun. Join the email list uh, if you're interested in the live streaming. And um, also part of the format of going forward with these kind of Q&A type episode live stream things is also incorporating some emails into the episode as well. Uh, So if you want to potentially have like a comment or a question or anything you would like put into the live stream, even if you can't make the live stream and then listen to it later, uh, just email one of us, email Lee or I and just put Q&A in the subject that way we'll know kind of try to work it into a, a live stream when the the chat slows down we can we can do that kind of thing and throw some in there as long as well as the live stuff to add some value to people who, who can't make the the live streams and and be in the chat with us so yeah this is kind of an experiment we're gonna see how it goes keep in mind when you send those q a subject line emails those aren't for long form questions so much um, just more like rapid fire something we could we could just answer quickly or something you think would be interesting or i don't know we'll see how it works the whole thing's an experiment like i said so if you're interested in doing that just uh shoot us an email and uh, put q and a q and a in the uh the subject line um hope you enjoy it taking the plain text and bringing it to real life situations is really helpful guys it's been a learning experience for me as well that's the whole goal Yes, we ironically, all three of us hated the Far Aim book back when we were teenagers learning how to fly. So, uh, yeah, the I found an appreciation for it, but as I've progressed through my ratings, like I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't expect anybody. And if they were private pilot instrument rated, I wouldn't really think there anybody would be thrilled about it. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's interesting. You know, it's almost like, I don't know, a little bit of a pissing contest a little bit sometimes who can rattle off, a, you know, where, where to find it or who can find it quickest. But as I prove often, I can't find shit. So Tyler said it's blood alcohol. I'm, I'm 37. Assuming that's. You're right there with us. Yeah. I just hadn't really thought I wasn't even connecting that at all. But yeah, as you can see, it's already setting in on me right now. Tony, glad you could show up. I was emailing Tony earlier. Oh, excellent. What do you say? 
All right, so Tyler says, I fly out of a towered airport, so hearing Scott's perspective on controlled airspace has been good times. Yeah. Tyler, or uh, Scott has not flown out of towered airports that much. Not in a long time, anyways. No. Before I was towing Banner I out of Hollywood down here in Florida, I was the same way, and I I may be the same way now. I don't know. Just because I haven't done it. Yeah. I literally haven't flown since I started the show, because all of my time and money goes into running this thing, so... I would I would think though like what you just take a little bit more time, but I think it would it would sound good. You know what I mean? I don't think you'd like embarrass yourself or anything. I think no. you just take more time. And as you get older, you just don't. I don't know. It's just not as stressful because it's like I've seen what it sounds like when people are really bad in the radio, and I I just know I'm not going to be that bad. So you're like, oh, no matter what I do, I'm not going to be the worst person they ever heard. So absolutely. Hey, Ken. Um, yeah, class D, don't do it, Tyler says. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's just like people look at the sectional and see a little ring around an airport and they just completely fly, fly all the way around it. And it's like, you know, there's altitude, like class D, not so much, but a class C or a class B, you can fly under it or you can just push the envelope a little bit and fly through it. Get a clearance and fly, fly through it, you know. It's risky stuff, risky stuff. That's what some people say. But man, think I mean that's that could be twenty miles out of your way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it depends on what you're doing. I mean, if you're just cruising around punching holes in the sky for fun, it doesn't matter if you're going longer, but if you're actually trying to get somewhere, I think that's when a lot of uh people get motivated to really learn how to just okay, can I just go through this airspace? As long as they're not the same person who says, Oh, fly flying is too expensive. You know, if they're if they're saying, Oh, I don't want to like push myself and go get the class Bravo clearance and fly through. And they're going to fly 20 miles around out of their way and then complain that cost of flying is too expensive. Yeah. You know? Oh, Ken, Ken asks, I'm just starting the process for becoming a pilot. What do y'all think about online ground school? Oh, there's so much I wish we could share. (laughs) Um, We think it's good. Uh, I think it's good at least versus, you know, in-person ground school. What I like about the online format is you can be assured it's a system you went through where if it's in-person, people have, you know, make mistakes, they leave stuff out. Does that make sense? Where if you go through a, a course that's designed, you know, they've looked through the course again to make sure that it covered everything, which is... I think it was not time critical. There was no like, hey, we got to be out of here by 4 p.m. today. Exactly. They had months to develop the material and make sure there's nothing omitted. And I, I, it drives me insane not being able to learn at my own pace. Me personally. So that's why I love that kind of format. Which you could get that too if you were one-on-one with an instructor. Going through ground with an instructor. But I just, I just like the convenience. Yeah, huge fan of the online ground school. I did, I did the sporties for my private and then I've I've looked through their content um, since I did it recently I had a login and well not re- a couple of years ago I had a login and went through their courses to see what they were doing with it and um, they upgraded from when I did it so that's yep. that's the only one I can kind of recommend because I actually went through that which one um, was that? the sporties one. Oh yeah not that I the did others, the king one okay not that the others are I'm knocking the other ones I just I don't know I I didn't personally experience those. Yeah. 
Looks like Enrique's uh, heading out. Thanks for all uh, right. Thanks Enrique, for hanging in there, man. Take thanks care, for man. Um. Yeah, the yeah the online. Gr- I mean, yeah, you can learn at your own pace. It's all inclusive. I mean, there's nothing that's really going to be omitted. Uh, I think learning at your p- own pace. I guess that's cool. And then there's two different like in person ground schools you can talk about. You can talk about one on one, like you just brought up, Rob, or you can be in more of a one forty one. real classroom with multiple 10 or 15 individuals you can do that because ground school typically is going to be what's going to get you through your um private pilot or through a knowledge test so it's going to be kind of geared towards getting you past the knowledge test the, the written test so but then there's you know above and beyond that like when you take your written and there's knowledge areas that you're found deficient and then you kind of cover those again with your instructor one-on-one is typically how that would go. Um, I think that's super beneficial. It's tailored to you. You may have some strengths from uh, a previous career or current career or whatever, or just your own aptitudes and you can gloss over those. Why sit and have an instructor teach you and 15 other people about the four strokes of a combustion engine when you're, you know, a car a car mechanic you don't need that part of the lesson so you know if you can you know do, do a online ground course at your own pace just breeze through the subject matter that you already have nailed down take your test then do the one-on-one with a uh with your instructor i, mean, I think that's super beneficial it's tailored to you but i don't know how the cost and stuff breaks down and all that man a lot, yep. a lot of catching up to do here just looking at the chat here. Give us a moment. Oh, Tyler says, I did in-person ground for private and Cessna online training. Kings has been just fine for instrument in combination with 1-1 review with my CFII. Yes, I guess that's that's pretty much what I'm saying, Tyler. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, yeah. I actually, because I got a job with, um, I'm pretty sure I've said this publicly. I got a, hired by Palm Beach Flight Training to be a CFI this is years ago and I just I showed up I think for one day and I didn't get any students and I got bored and I just never went back but they they put me and they use their Cessna um the Cessna program so I had a login and I was going through that a little bit for like the eight hour shift I did to see if there'd be any walk-ins which is not their fault. That's how you start as a CFI. You're mm-hmm. just hanging out waiting for walk-ins. But well, I, I couldn't take it. I just. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame I you. I got like I got called from like weeks later. They're like, "Where'd you go?" I'm like, "Oh, I just yeah, I, not. I found something else to do." <laughs> uh, n- CFI of the year, gold star, Robert Burke. Right. Yeah. Nick. Yeah, we heard you. My online ground schools listen to Scott Boris worked like a charm for my private pilot. I'm sure that it did. Yeah. I'm sure all that knowledge served you very well, sir. Oh, so what, what, learn what not to do on your test? Yeah, well, that would do it. in real life? Yeah, whatever Scott says, do the opposite of that and you'll pass the flying colors. Um, then uh, Tyler said the in-person ground was great with about a dozen people. So that's kind of the scenario I was talking about with different questions and perspective. Knowledge gaps were filled quicker. I can totally see that. I can see the benefit of that. Because sometimes you don't know what to ask and somebody else is like their minds, you know, they're daydreaming, looking out the window and they come up, well, yeah, what about this? And I can, I, I can totally see that. But I, I could also see myself like beating my head against the wall. Like, oh my God, somebody's trying to figure out something that like, you know, you have down pat. That would be frustrating. But I guess that's what happens when you got a bunch of people from di- different walks of life trying to get through the same thing. 
Yeah, I'm not a patient person, so that's I'm usually there's usually like one person who's asking really interesting questions along with me that I'm really into. And then there's like three or four where I'm just what? Yeah. What? Why are you here? Yeah. Yeah. But it seems like the, the ground instructors are typically pretty good about you still get through the material, but you may gloss over something that is your weak area. I mean, that's yeah, you gotta take the good with the bad, I guess. But I think he was yeah. talking more. He does. It sounds like Tyler's doing more of like a part sixty-one. You doing a part sixty-one? Did in-person ground for private? Yeah, we'll see what he says. Matt Matt is talking about the uh, oh, the fly-in. I'm behind on the episodes. Are you guys close to a thousand downloads so there can be a party at Scott's? Uh, it's the party's for a hundred thousand downloads. And yes, we're um, close. And and yeah, we're. <laughs> scarily close close. scarily close i'm i'm going up to ohio here uh in a few weeks for a trip i don't think we're going to be able to do it then i'm probably gonna have to come back for a second trip um but we're guessing it's probably going to be in in the fall at some point we'll we'll announce it on the show when uh when we have plans for it for uh the 88 delta we're not talking we're not calling it a fly-in we don't want to encourage anybody to operate aircraft anywhere before or after this event so it's just (laughs) It's just going to be a party at Scott's Hangar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at, yeah, 88 Delta. So Tyler said, yeah, 61. So, yeah, see, I think that tends to make me think it's a little more geared to the individual. But, I mean, I like online. Almost all the continuing education stuff that I have to do for work is all online stuff. So, Tyler, I just finished episode <laughs> 21 and enjoyed Scott's recommendation to clear himself for landing and then squawk 7600 file NASA report later. Yeah. That uh that's Scott. Yeah, that might work the first time. That might work the first time. It's not a good long-term strategy. Well, though. not when there's light gun signals that you should know, you know, that but that's a technicality, I guess, when we're talking about Scott's Scott's world. Yeah. We're trying to get Scott on cuz this new software we're using allows him to kind of drop in on this with a cell phone app while he's out drinking. So we don't, we don't, that may be something that comes up here if we, if he gets enough liquid courage. I think we, I think he was afraid to go live. So I'm afraid to go live. It. This, I mean, this is not yeah. a natural thing to me, you know? No, it's not. I just don't care anymore though. So it doesn't really bother I'm me. I'm trying to, trying to get there. I'm trying to get to them. And I have heat exhaustion. I'm not even drinking. I'm like dizzy. I feel like I'm going to pass out anyway. I'm trying to get loosened up. Keep keep the chat going, guys. What I mean, feedback, feedback, questions. I there is. It does seem to be. A, yeah, Tyler mentioned there seems to be a, a delay in the chat. That seems to be accurate. Yeah. Ken said, "Thanks, guys. I also wanted to let you know that I've been listening from the start and really enjoy the podcast." Thank you, Ken. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate you hanging in there. We very know it hasn't been a super smooth ride. It's very humbling. Just all the... I knew strategically that it would work to do this kind of format in this show, uh, but then to actually work is just a whole nother, a whole nother thing. It's just, just unreal. And, I, you know, I want to... I'm going to ask a question here. Now, of everybody listening, so it looks like we have nine people in the chat. Who knew, well, who listened to my corrections episode today? 
I'm interested to see. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. The uh, the area forecast no longer. Yeah, I exists. got totally. I don't want to say schooled, but I got basically schooled today. And we've I've gone on to check with many other, not many, but four other professional pilots, none of which knew that the area forecast is gone. Oh, I I texted every, not every, I texted most of the pilots I know in my contacts and uh, asked them. I did like a poll, impromptu mm-hmm. poll, and the vast majority of them had no idea that there's no longer... And the ones that did know, what is their background? That's what I'm curious. If you're a full-time flight instructor and you have to teach the weather services, which I guess was what I was trying to do, which totally backfired because I'm not, you know, full-time professional flight instructor. How many of them had that type of background? Did any of the ones who knew or were they all, all the ones that knew, were they professional flight instructors? Um... The one of them who knew had learned uh-huh. recently, okay. so they were kind of around okay. when the switch happened yep. and were in that environment. And then uh, the other one, uh, he he deals with this legal stuff on a daily gotcha. basis, okay, for his job. So okay, do I know that one? Yeah, the second one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I wish I was that smart. That'd be nice. But I like that's what I said in the Crackers episode. It's like I need to, um, I I just need to stay away from black and white stuff without if I haven't done any research on it. I think that's kind of my new golden yeah. rule because if we talk generalities and big picture, like let's go fly airplanes and be safe, I'm pretty solid there. But like when you start, I guess talking about, I mean, I know most of the stuff that hasn't changed, but that's one of those things that just happened to flip to the book, pick that, and it's wrong. Doesn't even exist. Hasn't existed in four years. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks, Tony. Appreciate that. Yeah, we're we're working on it. It's not natural to me, but Rob seems to be doing good with it. Well, I'm half zoned out from heat exhaustion all week down here in South Florida, combined with kind of zoning out, figuring out how the software works. So you're, you're kind of doing a lot of the legwork here. Thank you, Lee. Oh, well, yeah. While, while I live learn how to use this new program... Yeah, I'm just trying trying to be in, engaged with the. I mean, this is like one of my most favorite things. This is like really a concentrated dose of the part that I enjoy. Um, Tyler says again, I'm working from episode one on, um, so it'll be a while. I listen to the corrections as they come. Yeah, I just so um, the episode that dropped Thursday was episode 74, and kind of it's one of those things like it's pretty impromptu. Like he didn't send out Rob didn't send out the email that we're going to be recording at eight till like seven. And, you know, we just kind of get things done at home and get on and see and then typically decide on a topic or whatever and see where the spirit moves us. And um, so I kind of cracked open this Aviation Weather Services book that I have from 2007. And the thing that I picked to talk about was area forecasts or at least part of it. And damn thing doesn't exist anymore. They traded it for a graphical interactive tool on their website. I didn't know. I haven't had to teach anybody that, you know. And for my purposes, I don't I don't use the area forecast. Everywhere I go as a terminal aerodrome forecast, and I can read Airmet Sigmets, Convective Sigmets, and all the other stuff. So 
I was wrong. So I had to own that. Dude's 100% right. I called me on it because I, I didn't know. I expect better out of myself. I sent you guys the new Far Aim books this year. I should probably start sending you guys like updated copies of all this other stuff. Do you know, I mean, do you know how much that would cost though to keep every publication up to date? I mean, if maybe probably like using an online source, some type of app based would be the best way to keep things current. But then yeah. how do you, when we're trying to really quick pick a topic to start on, how do you leaf through that really quick and stick your, you know, you can't, it's not the same on an iPad, just swiping until you see something kind of cracking open a book and wherever your finger lands is. Yeah, this is how we pick. Like, if you guys have episode ideas? Just email them to Lee and I. Yeah. Because a lot of times we'll pony up to the microphones and like, we're t- we're doing that. Like that's how it happens a lot of times. Because we work full-time jobs, obviously. And um, then kind of do this on the side. Yeah, as this progresses, you know, I, obviously the expectation, I think the bar gets a little bit higher and it has, I think it has gotten progressively higher as we've progressed. Don't you think? Oh yeah. It's Cause it was a, to, a mess when we started. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we the first episodes, we couldn't even see each other. Mm, right. While we were recording. So we had internet lag, sometimes severe. Cause it's like sometimes I'm recording like while I'm on the road. So I'm not taking up a night at home with my kids. So it, we're at the whim of whatever the crappy hotel's Wi-Fi might be. Most time it's good, but we found some doozies. And now we're trying to keep track of, like if I'm on the road on an overnight, we're trying to keep track of where the crappy internet is and where the good internet is. So we know, you know, can we record? Is this feasible for us? But if you can't see each other to get any like visual cues, like is he about to talk? Is he about to talk? So we don't have this lag, this internet lag. And it's, it's, uh, it's something. Yeah, like the first dozen episodes, I had just moved, and I didn't own a chair yet, so I was like oh, standing yeah. up recording. <laughs> I remember, remember that? Oh uh, yeah, for like a year. Yeah. You were like, yeah, every episode, dude stood for like a year. And actually, I'm standing now. I'm standing now. So, but yeah, you're your bar. Lee's got a bar in his basement. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Matt just said, um, what was your guys' biggest struggle to getting your private? I'm just starting this adventure and there's a lot of corporate and, and is there a lot of corporate job flying jobs out there? You want that Robert? Do you want me to just my biggest, I'm trying to think what my biggest struggle was. Um, I have too many big struggles to list. Win winters. I kept my plane at Scott's airport, which is unusable in the wintertime a lot for the most part. At least it was back in the day. They've made a lot of improvements with the uh, the runway. Because it's a grass strip. Yeah, it's a grass strip. And uh, so yeah, that was coming back in the spring was rough. And it just we took a lot of time to do it. Like our instructor Don, like we had our own 150s and our instructor Don Mather it's pretty old school. He would just sign us off for solo. Like, uh, stay, fly local was all the only restriction he had, which is vague. And he just let us go for like, you know, yeah, it's just next few months, just, you know, go practice. So we'd be just bombing around. We had tons and tons of time, but it was just, it was years to get, get the license or the certificate I should mm-hmm. say I made it I made it, I made an episode about not calling it a license and I do it all the time still. That's hard to break that one, yeah. But 
yeah, that was one of my, one of my struggles. I can probably think of some more. Yeah, that was a big one. I had, had a oh, go ahead. No, you got any? Um, I mean, like the one of the thing, and I think a lot of people share this as, and when you've you've brought this up because it's kind of backwards of what you would think. You know, you have some of the least, and some of them are rock stars. So don't get me wrong. Um, but you have some of the least experienced people teaching the next, like the next generation, uh, how to fly. So it's kind of back to what you'd think. It's not the most experienced people teaching. It's the least experienced. So it kind of, a lot of times it's a springboard for their next phase of, of their career. You know, they're going to go get a, a 135 job, a part 135, um, air taxi job, flying a King air or Pilatus or whatever it is. And, or they're going to sit right seat in a citation or a Learjet or something. Um, so you, you hand, you, you happen to oftentimes get handed, like you're a, you're an orf, you get orphaned. Like you have an instructor when you start, they get enough time, they siphon off and go to the next best thing than the new instructor. And so like me, I had, I had a unique situation and, and like I had six different instructors for my private pilot certificate. Now it took me abnormally long cause I didn't take it very seriously, but, um, I just, kept renewing my solo and I was content uh, for a year or more to just do solo around the area. I was signed off for multiple different airports around the area. And to me, you know, I was young in my late teens and just screwed around and it was fine. Just kept getting my C or my uh, solo uh, renewed and just kept flying. So I didn't really make any progress, built a lot of time, but I didn't make any progress towards the certificate. So if you have a bunch of um, bunch of CFI, sometimes that can be difficult juggling what the next person's expectations are, and things like that. That was a, that was a big struggle for me. What do they expect? But I'm sure a lot of people share Scott that. Scott and I did this had the same struggle with that too because we just we almost lacked motivation for a while there because we both were almost qualified to go take the check ride. But we're both signed off with basically unlimited privileges as student pilots. We just couldn't take a passenger. It was pretty much the only thing. We couldn't fly at night. But we could, we each had our own plane that was both 150s. And we could go, like, go do stuff with our buddy. In separate planes. Because they had their own plane. Yeah. So we're not, you know, and it's just, we just screwed around and it with a bunch of fun, but it wasn't very productive. Maybe uh, you guys are both awesome fi- pilots. It was so fi- who's to say? After no, you okay. After a while, we'll come back to this at some point if I remember. We'll, um, it, it was just the motivation to like, hey, we should probably actually get our shit together and like go get the certificate because this is just kind of like, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, we can. Yeah, um, let's. I guess let's come back. I to think that. I'd like. Can we come back to that and just keep up with the thing? Is that cool? Yeah. Um, yeah. Tony asked, "Will there be a dedicated time for the live shows?" My response would be, "If if only we could." No. We've been trying to get a date first for our personal recording to make our lives easier, and it's almost impossible. Like Lee's corporate pilot, whose schedules all over the board. Um, I'm pretty open. Scott's been like anti, he's anti recording on the weekends during the summer, but only wants to record on the weekends in the winter. And then 
are we're trying to get more guests on more and more guests we like having guests on we get good feedback whenever we have guests on and uh, then we got to deal with the guest scheduling so yeah it's just there's no rhyme or reason i want to i want to try to get it pinned out further out into the future so when i do send out an email it will be um not you know less than two hours notice um you know i'd like to have a couple days notice ideally or more but yeah there's there's just no there's gonna be no rhyme or reason and also with the yeah with with the email list as well too we're gonna be trying different um platforms so week to week it might be youtube one week it might be twitch the other week it might be facebook we're just going to bounce around and and see what works best for a, a, a while and then if stuff if we go one that doesn't look doesn't perform well or it's not as nice as the other ones once we kind of get into the groove of one or the other we'll probably start narrowing down to one one spot but in the beginning here yeah we're going to be bouncing around different platforms but uh, link to wherever we are will be in that email. So if you're on the list, you're on the list. It doesn't, you might have to make like a Twitch account if you want to get involved in the chat. Um, and wherever else we end up, everyone's got a Facebook pretty much. So that shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. And then uh, Tyler just uh, followed up on the um, talking about the, uh, you know, learning to land on the, um, at 8A Delta with, with the winners, you know, it not be, it being grass and most of the time not plowed. And they can't, I mean, people do plow, you know, like um, I actually picked up an airplane out of a, it was like February or something up in uh, near, um, God, we're Albany. And yes, February was a Cherokee. Uh, yeah, I had to bring back, you know, to the, to the Cleveland area. And that was, that was plowed. It seemed like pe- there were people out there doing takeoffs and landings while I was there picking it up and I took off out of there. So it can be done. I just don't know that it's super, super common, but um, and he's just saying good old drainage swale midfield filled with gravel. That was that episode where we actually looked up on AirNav, yeah. Scott's place, and like we were trying to figure out who right. would have wrote yeah, that. If, yeah, if Scott didn't. But <laughs> I mean, Tyler, he's like just like must have a photographic memory. I know, I know what he said. He's like starting from the beginning towards the end. So maybe you just just listen to it. Yeah. Well, I remember. I remember stuff like that. I know what he's talking about because I. I listened to pretty much every episode three to five times during the editing process. So like I'll go days, like Lee, Scott, and I have a group chat and I'll go days without saying anything. And I feel like I've been having conversations with them for the last few days because I'm just, they're in my ears while I'm at this computer editing. So I'm like, oh yeah, I actually haven't talked to them in a while. That is so weird. I never (laughs) thought about it like that. That's so weird. I feel bad for listening. I'm listening to Scott and Lee like almost every day. I take Sundays off usually, but that's about it. And then, uh, so Ken Ken just said um, 74 was the same episode that um, that talked about the hypothermia being on, being on a water rescue team in North Carolina. I keep thinking through that episode, Scott is going to die if he ends up in the water for any amount of time. Yes. And Scott really does know that. He just likes to press buttons. Yeah, he's just like the, yeah. I don't know. He was very Contra- argumentative in that. Yeah, very contrarian. Have you actually listened to that episode? Gotten a chance no. to listen to that? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Usually he's joking, but that kind of stuff, he was he was in a fighting mood. Well, it seems kind of, I'm sure most people don't really realize that you can get hypothermia in 70 degree water. It sounds crazy, but when your whole yeah. body's submerged in it for hours, you know, 
your body's fighting to get to 98.6 or whatever. Um, and water dissipates heat 25 times faster than air does. So it's just... Well, Ken, Ken probably knows all about this. Yeah, he does. I'm, I'm, I'm actually hoping that via the discussion he um, chimes in a little bit more because I'm not entirely sure exactly what he means um, by some Ken, of that. Ken, if, if Lee said anything, I'll just start correcting him. Please. Live. This be Please. The first time. This will be the first time this happened. I live to, I live to be corrected. I mean, I hate it at the usually, time. Usually he doesn't get corrected until like weeks because we're kind of weeks ahead of production schedule when we actually record versus when it's released. And then he gets emails. I've forgotten like, most of the things I've said. Later. And honestly, yeah. most of the time, like, not due to alcohol or anything, but when I'm talking, I mostly just black out and just talk. Like, I don't even know really what I'm saying. It's the craziest thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like stage fright. It's like some kind of stage fright, I think. You just get in the zone. I guess. Um, I do the same thing, only I, like I said, listen to every episode several times, at least during edit. So then I, that's how I recap on everything that was said. If I didn't do that, I'd forget half the stuff that was said. Right. Good. Well, thanks. Yeah. You just get, gave me a get out of jail free card there. Um, yeah. Next one is um, Matt again saying, uh, thank you guys. Love the podcast and lives even better. Thank you for that. You know, there's going to be growing pains. Yeah, thank you. It's difficult for me, man. To, I mean, just not, not made for the live thing yet, but. Yeah. I don't think so. Well, there's a curve. When we first started recording these, it was just like, all right, we're going to start a podcast. Uh, yeah. Somebody start talking. And you and right. Scott made, start arguing, I remember, about carb heat. Yeah. About when to apply carb heat. You guys got in a big argument. I remember that was one of the early episodes, if not the first one. And, but see, those are super meaty. Like, that's a conversation you could, you could have almost every episode, honestly, just because, I don't know. It's it's like, what kind of oil do you like? Mobile One or Amsoil? It's those types of things. You know, are you a Ford guy or a Chevy guy? Why is it better? It's the, it's that type of thing. Um, so I think it's, you know, kind of a timeless. Um, but yeah, thank you, Matt. Um, Tony then goes on, okay, uh, well, I'll keep my four-flight iPad with me. And what is that in response to? Oh, keep it for the dedicated time for the live shows. Yeah, man, yeah, keep it. Um, I think that's what he's responding to. I yeah. think so, yeah. Uh, Ken, first thing that shuts down are your limbs to try and keep your core temp up. So holding on to anything becomes impossible. So I'm going to yeah. screenshot this, Ken, so I can send some hate mail to Scott. Tell him he's full of shit. Yes. <laughs> he thinks he's going to be sitting up on top of his wing as his plane floats for the last little bit or hanging onto a wing or something like Titanic, sipping his last beer. Not going to happen. But, what, but yep. what temperature would you say that that would be true at, Ken? I guess that's what's important. Because that was kind of like, oh, if it's 65 or 70, I'm going to be fine. And there's a lot of boats around. So he's not going to be in the water that long. And, you know, obviously if you're – which is why I'm always a proponent of flying higher because then you have more options. If there's a a boat, I don't know, th that seems more desirable to land near, I don't know why, what your decision-making process would be on that. But you have more options. But there's normally a lot of boats, the kind of the area of water we're flying over in this topic. When you say – I mean, you, when he's going to Kelly's – there's going to be a boat nearby that he can land on. Unless he's flying on a hellacious day where there's, you know, eight-footers, six, eight-footers or something, right? Yeah, it depends on the time of yeah, year, Yeah, but too. when he's going to Kelly's, it's typically warm. Yeah. It's summertime. So the water yeah. is warmer, but this time of year, it's been really warm. But what's the lake? What do he say it was? 
He claimed it got up to 80. Which, uh, I think um, I think it does. I know it gets up to like 78 at Peely. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay. So that, I mean, obviously that's fine, but like he's thinking he's going to be cool in 65 degree water. It's like, dude, for a couple hours maybe. No, that's cold. Ken, if you um shoot me an email, we don't, we don't have to get into this in chat. Have you heard of Wim Hof? He's this Dutch guy. He's the guy who does the long endurance, like freezing cold ice water. He can. I'm gonna grab a beer. Train people to survive in it, and um, I wrote a, I read a book. I wrote a book. I read a book about him. Uh, I believe it's called "What Doesn't Kill Us," and it kind of goes into uh, this guy who is skeptical about whether this guy was a liar or not. So he. Says I'm going to write a book about Wim Wim Hof, and you know prove this guy is a fraud. And then he actually went to the Netherlands and did all this stuff with him, and realized okay, this there's something to what he's doing with this uh, increasing your survival rate in like freezing cold water like that. And then there's he actually I believe wrote a book as well. I I don't I haven't fully read that. Somebody had it, and I read like a chapter, and then bought the the, the one I read, which was What Doesn't Kill Us. So I'm just curious from. Uh, you're kind of in the uh, rescue team area of the country where it's freezing cold water. If if you've ever heard of this guy or, or read any of that stuff, oh, the car, they're la- everyone's laughing at the carb heat argument. Yeah, because that comes up. That comes up as a joke sometimes. I think there's a lot of like newer listeners who like haven't gone back to the beginning, but they're listening now and they're like, just they don't get the well, carb we, heat. We haven't brought it up in a while until up. like the last episode or two ago. When did we talk about it last? Yeah. I don't know. I remember it came up and I, I just, oh, I'm always trying to bait Scott into. Yeah. You guys are both just trying. Yeah. Well, yeah. You guys are both just trying to make me mad. But yeah, he's like, oh, I'm going to bring it on super yeah. slow. I think is what he said. Oh, yeah. We we're talking. Yeah. We we're talking about just pattern yeah. operations or something. The crosswind landings. I can't remember. But yeah. Use the carb heat. Just bring it on. Don't pull out of the dash. Just bring it on all the way. Unless you have a carb temp gauge, you know, this is all in the airplane flying handbook or the pilot's handbook aeronautical knowledge. Just bring carb heat all the way on so that you know you're getting the maximum capacity. Do that before you make your first power reduction when you're coming in to land. Leave it on for a few seconds. Make your power reduction. Put your carb heat back in. Or leave it on. I don't care. There's some people teach it that way too. I don't like doing that because I want all the power for the go around. But that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Go ahead. Be right. I've never seen y'all before. These are not the faces I've pictured in my head at all these episodes. Uh, yeah. This a, someone said that earlier, too. I remember I, I've listened to people on the radio and then like met them in real life, and I'm like, oh, that's. Oh, yeah. Not it's what so I weird. Thought. Psychology. Usually they're a lot fatter in my experiences when I actually meet the radio host. Maybe that's just limited to coincidence. To and I'm fatter and shorter. So it's like it's double. Yeah. <laughs> um wonder what Scott looks like. Uh he just looks like he an probably alcoholic. definitely looks like so an alcoholic, like, alcoholic so. at this particular moment, if we can so. get him on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're trying to get him to use there's a feature in this that allows him to call in on his phone. I think you might be getting stage fright though. I'm gonna send him a text. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm trying to keep up so everybody gets uh Gets their stuff in. Um, Tyler says, here's a question for Lee. I fly out of Painfield near Seattle, which has a large body of water after the departure. Okay. 
I'll 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 come back to it. Here here you go. Um, then Tony says, find out how much alcohol it'll take to get Scott on, which I think Rob is. He says I'm buying, so I think Rob's gonna see if we can get him on. Um, Ken, I have not heard of Wim Hof, but I'll look him up. Now, Tyler, here's his question. If you if you say flew into IMC on an IFR departure and lost your engine low to the ground, straight out, where are you going knowing, that, knowing there's going to be nothing but water straight ahead? Well, if you know there's nothing but water, it seems like a lot of the things are out of your control anyways. What, what, what you want to do, if you know you're going to be landing on water no matter what, Try and play the wind if you knew what it was. Obviously, you're gonna have limit. Don't go do anything like an IMC that's dangerous. You don't. You want to avoid anything that's gonna be disorienting. So you don't go bust into a 60 degree bank so that you can align yourself with swells or whatever you're gonna try and do there. But you want to obviously land um, into the wind as best you can. Um, well, I guess it depends on what the swells are doing because you know there's there's. I'd have to go look at it. So this is kind of getting to a black and white. There's a right and a wrong way to do this, but obviously you barring, barring that like there's any like crazy swells or anything. I don't know a body of water. This is that's, that's right out there unless it's like the sound or something, but I don't know. Um, you want to land in a level, a level, a wings level attitude. You don't want to drag a wing tip and then cartwheel the airplane and then just destroy it. And then everybody dies and drowns. You don't want to do that. So you want to land with a wings level attitude for sure. So um, probably straight ahead because the runway you took off of presumably is into the wind. So pretty much landing straight ahead is probably going to be don't disorient yourself. That's not going to do anybody any favors. Um, yeah, you'll have some attitude reference, of course, because the engine was just running. So you have good gyro spool. So your attitude indicator and stuff like that is going to be pretty accurate for a little bit. Um, but don't disorient yourself. You know, you want to have your wits about you as best you can when you do. Um, and we don't, I don't know how high the ceilings are for this scenario. But when you pop out of the bottom of the clouds, you want to have your wits about you so you can assess, do that last minute assessment to land yourself uh, where you need to with regard to wind direction, what the swells are doing, things like that. But above all else, wings level attitude. So you don't cartwheel the airplane. Um, have, have the, um, have the door already popped open, of course. So that's one less thing that you have to try and fumble around and then make sure that you are belted in as secure as, but like tighter than tight. Um, because when you do hit, when you, they have more give than you think. When we're not putting any G load on them, yeah, these seatbelts are super tough, right? Yeah, but once you put four or five G's on them, they stretch more than you think. Um, and I mean, to a certain extent, you want them to stretch a little bit, or you know, or you're breaking bones or lacerating something. So keep it tight. Uh, your seatbelt, pop the door um, when it's practical before touchdown. Um, land at the slowest possible ground speed. So that's where the wind direction kind of comes into it. And then remember your relative motion with the swell is, is, is kind of it's simulating what your ground speed would be. Because remember, the swell is, is kind of moving. So if you, it just depends. I'd have to get into the aim because they do have techniques for those sorts of things. Haven't had to dive into that in a long time. But um, the aim would be a good resource just to double check what I've said. But I think that's, Rob, can you think anything else? I think that's kind of where I'd be, where my head would be. Let me just sum it up again real quick. Um, don't do anything drastic while you're IMC. Keep your seatbelt as tight as you can. Uh, secure what you can if you need to, which you shouldn't need to, and get that door popped open uh, as soon as you know practical. And uh, touchdown as slow as possible. Ground speed. 
and um, Wings level on touchdown. I guess that's what I'm thinking. I've got less than 10 hours of actual IMC flying, so I can't speak too much for that part. But if you're not a seaplane pilot, an issue, I didn't even know this. Um, and I'm a, a boater, was reading about seaplanes all the time, uh, huge seaplane fan. And then when I got my rating, Jack Brown's, a couple of years ago, I learned that one of the most dangerous landings you can do is when the water is perfectly glass. So it's almost a benefit to have a little bit of a ripple because you have depth perception if there's a little bit of a ripple on the water. If there's no ripple, it's perfectly glass and you don't have power or something like a shoreline or something to reference how high you are, you actually can't tell how high you are off the ground. You can't tell when to flare. So that that's an issue. So probably not that relevant to that discussion, but that's the first thing that popped into my head when you're talking about like water conditions and stuff. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's super valid. Um, I guess the, the, the only, the only thing you're hundred percent right. The only thing I would say is you are assuming you have a fully operational airplane. He's in an airplane that just lost an engine. So like, I'm, I don't care about playing, you know, stalling maybe 10 feet high. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a bad example. You know, you don't want to get to a point where the nose is hitting the water first. You want it to be a full stall landing like normal, like you're landing on pavement or whatever. But yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good point. If you have some, if you have some ripple, great. But chances are, if it's low IMC, you're not, yeah, you can't really choose that much. But um, if it's low IMC, chances are um, it's probably pretty calm. You know, if it's like an ILS, you you got a 200 foot overcast or something, it's probably not that windy, probably, you know, but of course you're up in Seattle. So I, I don't really know anything about the weather conditions up there, but here, typically when you have a fair amount of wind, yeah, we'll have a 500, 600 foot overcast. We don't have anything really down to minimums, um, unless it's like a, some system from a hurricane or something coming through, you know, normally you have pretty, pretty light, light winds or almost no wind for those types of conditions. Um, so yeah, I guess that, that would be a bad case scenario. God willing, you know, you have a 500 foot overcast. So when you pop out of the clouds, keep your wits about you, you know, keep yourself oriented. Don't give yourself any, you know, disorientation by knocking out a, trying to do an impossible turn back, which, you know, should, you know, is not so impossible depending on your altitude, but don't try and whip it around in IMC to get back to the runway and be confident you're going to pop out at 500 feet. Um, that's just probably not a good idea. Probably just hedge your bets, you know, do that 15 degrees either side of, you know, straight out, like we're all taught playing the wind and stuff and land with the wings level. But I don't know the exact, you know, situation. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope that someone answers the question. Um, I'm always interested to keep painting the scenario. If you have more specifics on that. Um, yeah. Ian, welcome. I was texting him earlier. Any tricks to logging PIC? Well, well, I mean, well, I mean, things day. we can do now is, I mean, I guess look at the difference between logging PIC and acting PIC. Um, those are games that you can always play uh, if you're flying ninety one or part one thirty five. Yeah. Um, we don't need to get too into it, but Ian and I are planning an episode. I'm calling okay. him out right now. He's going to be a guest. So. Ian, you're coming on as a guest for this for that episode. Uh, Jeremy we'll says totally episode. trying to become a seaplane pilot, but there are no seaplane schools in Jersey. Hmm, that makes sense. I was just base almost just there. Um, 
Okay, Ken. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. He says uh, he's really enjoyed it, but he has to run. See you next time. I think I need another beer. Yep, same here, buddy. Yep, drink up. Yet? Drink up. We'll catch up next time. This is what's weird to me. I've never had this. I get it in email a little bit, but having so much in the chat right now is the listener can oftentimes remember way more right. about what we actually said than what we can. For sure. Because when we're saying it, when we're saying it, we're just having a conversation. It's like trying to remember a detail of a conversation yeah. you had with a buddy, you know, months ago. You know, you don't remember every okay. single oh, yeah. thing that was said months ago. But if you're listening to it in a show form, then it's it's different. That's you know, I try to edit the show so it's somewhat useful and memorable stuff you're getting. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, this is getting busy. It's All getting right. busy, boys. My heat exhaustion um, issues. Yeah, do it up. I'll yeah, I'll do what I can. Yeah, I'm gonna go grab a beer. I'm yeah, feeling get, all right. Get a beer, man. The dizziness went I still away. Got most of this one. Air conditioner um, is cold. So so yeah. Tyler said right. class E, and then uh, um, uh, Jeremy goes. He has the magenta circle. So I'm assuming yeah. So like the the uh, magenta, the shaded magenta around a class. Well, technically, it's a class G to the to the at the surface. So at 700 feet AGL, it's going to transition from class G to class E controlled airspace, and I, I think that's what we we're talking about. So th- those class E, the shaded magenta, would be for um, it would um, include any like cutouts for like an instrument approach servicing that airport. So I, I can't remember what exact why it was called a vignette, vignette, whatever, whatever it is. I I don't even know. I I, I can't remember that was so long ago, but. So that's that. And then Natasha said that went across uh, many episodes. So, and then uh, Jerry said that Fly 8MA is free for anyone doing private uh, pilot the ground school. So that's cool. Okay. I mean, I'm assuming it was a, a pretty good um, all inclusive course. Jeremy, I mean, is that, were you happy Did with you it? Did you actually go through it, Jeremy, or are you just aware of it? I'm curious. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's always a, de- there's always a delay. So we'll just move on and look for it in the chat later. Yeah. The Italian way. I still wish I knew what that meant. I don't know. No, he, How do I? He, it's probably a reference to me always saying the German way for burger. Oh wow! Is what I is what I got out of that. That's some next level. That's that was way over my head. I would never caught that. Oh no. <laughs> oh Lee, what uh, was it cost per hour to to run your jet? Oh man. Um. I think I I'm not sure what that's a good question. I and mean, that's a way above my uh, my pay scale. Um I can't even commit to anything. I apologize. I mean it's probably probably thirty five hundred or so an hour would be my guess. I'm not really sure. You know, I don't do anything with billing. I was gonna guess three, but I that's me knowing nothing about I've never looked it up before. Just that size business jets typically a few thousand or plus. Yeah, hour. I'm pretty sure it's thirty five hundred. It, it, or at least that number rings a bell. Let me say that. But I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's what our cost is. You know, I don't, I don't know anything. But um, how many gallons of jet fuel do you burn an hour? Uh, I mean, it depends on altitude. But you know, if we're up at, you know, everything we do is in pounds. Um, so if I'm two hundred, I'm not sure if I'm doing the math right on that in gallons. Um, I'll get out my calculator at cruise. You know, like at 43,188. So, we're at 43,000 cruise, cruising along. It's about 188 gallons an hour. And what's jet fuel an hour, right? Oh, it's jet fuel a gallon right now? 
Uh, oh, uh, well, yeah, I guess I could. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out the cost just per f- hour just yeah, for the just jet fuel. fuel. Obviously, there's a bunch of stuff on top of that. There's a um, a boat in West Palm right About now. About 800 an hour. It's, just for it's a 185 Mangusta. And I was talking to the engineer, and he uh, they're running over to the Bahamas, and he said, I asked him, what, you know, what's that burn? Like, what's your fuel burn on that boat? Says he burns eight hundred gallons of diesel an hour. Of diesel. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I, the rough math I just came up with is about eight hundred bucks an hour just for just for fuel. Now that's now that's at that's at cruise. You know. So we have what I what I figure. Okay. That's at cruise though. So it, you got to get there. You got to get to cruise altitude. So if I do, I typically plan eighteen hundred an hour. Eighteen hundred gallons or eighteen hundred pounds divided by six point seven. 268 times let's call it four four bucks that's a that's a thousand dollars an hour um just in fuel at, at, for that for that first hour and then then the costs go down after that first hour i typically assume 1800 pounds an hour for the first hour and then a thousand pounds for each hour after that is that like really quick and then i let flightplan.com tell me the rest of the math because the profiles plugged in there for uh, out of the um performance charts for the airplane yeah so yeah i'm just taking i'm just taking photos there's some episode ideas yeah i'm gonna in. try and get through there um this one's for taking, i don't know oh, if this cha- i don't think the chat gets saved so i'm just taking a photo with my yeah, phone so i got the t- ideas saved in my camera roll uh, I'd like to hear you side on uh, 91.119 and paragraph D for minimum safe altitudes. You know, if I had a far, see, I mean, this isn't quite exactly the platform, but if I had a far aim nearby and I could like look that up and just peruse it really quick for a second, I'd have that conversation right now. But, um, yeah. oh, e- yeah, Ian's doubling down on that. Yeah, you guys should do a minimum safe altitude episode. Can never cover that enough. Should I go get my thing and we can talk about it a little bit now or no? We might, we might have to have you on that for Ian as as well. Hey James, um, I was reading an article. I forget in what uh, magazine, or it was online. It was like a, I think it was a, I forget. I don't know. And Ian's name popped up. I'm like, okay, I know huh. that guy. James Wilburn, hi guys, love the podcast. Thanks, yes, James. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah, feel free to chime in. We're trying to cover some ground here. How long, James, how long have you been listening? You just starting or have you been listening all along? That's another thing I want to get a feel for out of you guys. Did you did you f- come in way late and then you've re-listened or have you just gone from like when you started and going forward with no intentions? When people say they went and listened to the back catalog, it's just, it's always Very. embarrassing. Like oh I I listened to everything from the beginning. I wish, like, I oh, wish you God, had. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I promise we'll redo them better. Yeah, just keep, just listening. keep listening when they we'll come. We'll make out. it up to you. Oh, he's working. Okay, well, hold on. I gotta hold. You take care of all this. I'm in a text conversation okay. with Scott. We're trying to get see if he all can right. bomb. He's, bomb he's missing in real some quick good stuff here. Before we sign off tonight. Ian good? says there's a pretty cool guy at AOPA that wrote an article on it. <laughs> And uh, James just started my private training. Okay, what do you what are you learning in James? Okay, and he actually listened before I. James is uh, saying again, actually listened before he had started learning from the beginning. Um, 
And that's something, you know, so I had when I was, you know, back 10 years ago when I, when I was uh, professionally instructing, it was always easier. I don't know that I'd necessarily recommend it, um, but it was always easier from an instructor standpoint. If somebody came in and they went through a Sporties or a King or any of those other uh, Rod Machado came in with a, Hey, here's my written. I passed it. It's like, well, okay, that takes a lot of workload off my shoulders, you know? Um, but then you kind of just like getting a student handed to you from a previous instructor, like I was kind of talking about earlier with myself. I got handed from one instructor to another as they got enough time and then went into the 135 portion of the business and started flying the Lake Erie Islands and stuff like that. So I got passed through a few instructors. Um, and then you don't know, you're kind of in limbo land. You don't know what the expectations are of that instructor. You don't know their teaching style. So you just kind of got to like work with it, cooperate and graduate. And, um, uh, when somebody comes in with a written past, it's kind of like, what did you learn from that? Cause I didn't teach you any of that. Like you didn't come to me with any questions. We didn't sit down and go through this chapter together. So you don't know where they are. Yeah. They, I mean, some people can just pass a test, read the material, read the data, pass the test. And I know there's like other, like, um, there's a services that allow you that kind of give you ways of, of memorizing things, um, to help get you through the, through the tests, um, so you just don't know what people, where, where they're at. So you, it takes some time to kind of fill them out and, and fill in the knowledge gaps and whatever. But it, I would say by and large, it does make the job easier on the CFI if they show up with a, uh, with a written already passed. Um, started listening. Matt says, I started listening last winter and plays playing catch up. Yeah. Like we've been saying, I mean, it's almost embarrassing those first few. I mean, it, it takes some, it's amazing how many IQ points you lose when you see that the record button's been pushed. Like it feels like it's 20 or 50 and I'm already running on a deficit. So, um, it's definitely, a. it's taken time to get used to it, believe it or not. And then I got a little carried away with some of the drinking early on too. I'm sure some of you have listened and don't even remember some of those episodes. Those are the great episodes. No, not really. We got some hate mail for those, believe it or not. We, you know, we were trying to find ourselves. We didn't know what we didn't know what our shtick was. You oh, know, don't act like those episodes are behind us. Well, right, but can't make blunders like I did on this last episode of talking about something that's been expired for four years or been obsolete for four years. Um, James says, I'm caught up now and going back over some older episodes, which makes a lot more sense now that I'm flying and exposed to some of the things you guys discussed. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm saying. It's, I mean, obviously if you can show up with a, with a written or with prior instruction or whatever, and then we can fill in knowledge gaps and it's a little more of a pointed discussion we can navigate. I, that probably does save time. Archer three. I love it. I'm a Piper guy. Always will be. Um, I'm not really a fan of the Archer three. I have so much time in like the older Cherokees, not, not Cherokees so much, but like in the late seventies, early eighties, Cherokee, like the archers warriors. And there's so much more balanced man, like a 1979, like it's almost kind of my realistic dream airplane is like a 1979 Piper 78, 77 through 79 Archer, uh, or a warrior. I mean, I know it's 20 less horsepower, 160 versus 180, but I would totally do that. The, the Archer three is just like, it's too stiff. Like they're, they're new and they tried to make it kind of like heavy controls because they know like for a flight school, you know, you're going to get into the Seminole, you're going to get into a, you know, so, something heavier, a King Air, a Citation into a regional jet and then into a 737. Uh, probably that's kind of the path. Um, so that I think they made them artificially, uh, artificially uh, heavier controls, which I don't really like in the, in the, in the wind and stuff. Um, 
Jeremy uh, Brito says, so my last email with Rob was when I first flew my, or when I flew my first solo at 10 hours uh, to yesterday, I finished my long distance cross country. And as of today, I have six hours left to 40. I remember one of the earlier episodes, you guys mentioned that 40 isn't enough time, which at first I felt was true, but currently I don't really know what's left to be taught from the airman standards aside from polishing up skills. Well, there's probably a lot. Um, Personally speaking, uh, you know, I got 6,500 hours or so. I'm still learning all the time, but I don't know. I forget, I forget stuff all the time. I'm learning new stuff all the time, but yeah, if you can meet the airman standards, that's the thing. If you're, if, you know, I don't know you, um, I don't know your background. So that's awesome. If you can be close to that 40, which I know can be done, but if your instructor, if he sees like the risk management and the aeronautical decision-making in you and you meet the certification standards, dude, that's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. A lot of people aren't capable of doing that. So that's, that's really awesome, man. Um, I think my, you know, I never really went back and looked at what my average was for across the students that I taught. It seems like once you get them through their first solo, things are just bam, 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 so quick. It's like leaps and bounds, you know? Um, but I, I, I don't know the average on my students. We're fighting to get Scott Boris on right now. I'm texting him. We're trying to figure out how to make it work on his cell phone. Yeah, I can hardly even, yeah, I can hardly even read the chat here because there's texts that keep coming in over the screen, so I can't even read. Oh, um, yeah, you're in the group text. Yeah. Um, and then James is saying, I did my written before starting to fly. I think my CFI appreciate that 100%. You know, and then he's just got to kind of figure out, you know, what you don't know and what what kind of your weak and strong areas are and polish that up. And Matt says uh, the drinking was the best part. Just buddies having fun and teaching at the same time. Well, that's the thing is it was almost more biased towards the drinking, but we want it to be enjoyable for us. That's what makes us show up. We're not getting paid. You know, there's a lot of money into this and we're not getting paid. So it needs to be enjoyable for us too. 100%. So we're trying to we're trying to bias do a little bit less drinking and a little bit more teaching trying to then Jeremy says uh, so my question is what should I be doing these last 6 hours of prep or to prep and what's a good reference point from personal experience to know you're ready for the check ride I want to talk about this uh let me let, let me come back to that um um when I'm making a note when are you ready you doing okay Rob yeah, we're just trying to. I'm having time in my life now. It's got a link or something. I don't know. This is well. This I'm, is why I'm, I'm steamrolling. If people don't like it, let me know. Yeah, I wanted to learn how to run the software tonight, so this is perfect. Everything and I wanted to talk to people. So cool. stuff going on. Go for uh, it. So um, then Tony goes in. I'm with you, James. I've listened to all the episodes and I'm listening to all of them again. Makes a lot more sense with some hours behind me, and I'm glad that 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 is the case. I'm glad to see that. I, I hope that as we've progressed through probably around episode 50, the late forties, I think we started taking a little bit more of an educational tact. And, you know, sometimes I feel bad that we're not so much covering an FAR AIM reg or, you know, or a, a subject matter, but as long as you're getting some out of it, that's, that's the bottom line. Um, and, and as people give us more guidance on what they want to hear us talk about or go in depth on that drives the conversation. Like we've talked earlier, for those of you coming on now, 
we just show up. We, you know, it's a half hour notice when we can record because Scott doesn't want to do weekends. I don't really ever want to do it because I got kids to put to bed. I'm missing time with my kids and or I'm on the road and I don't have an internet connection. It's, it's just all kinds of things. And we're just trying to make our lives work. And when they all coalesce is not always, it's not, not great. There's no time for prep. So we don't prep for anything. We just show up and start talking. Um, so, um, we, yeah, we're taking more of an educational tact or trying to, um, James and Jeremy are talking where they learning app weren't learning at, um, hoping to get my solo done at the end of the month. All right. I'm not going to go into specifics on you guys. You guys, yeah, just, I'm, I'm reading your comments. You know what? It kind of seems pertinent in case this becomes a recording or part of an episode at some point. All right, catching back up here, James. Um, I heard the average time to do a solo for a student um, at KSNA is closer to thirty hours. My 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 experience has been around in that, you know. And we've talked about this a little bit. And I'm not saying that's the end all be all of of anything, but the stuff you need to teach people in in like before they solo is insane. So it just depends on how I guess literally you want to take that. You know, you're kind of wondering, is that engine going to fail on that lap around the pattern, that one lap around the pattern? And also remember, everything could have just lined it up, lined up, you know, these these stories you hear about people soloing in 10 hours or eight hours or whatever. Everything just lined up. They're having, they were on the ball that day. The wind was perfect. Nobody else, no other airplanes were around. Everything was perfect. Let them do one lap around the pattern. Fingers crossed. And then they don't solo again for another month or something because the weather wasn't just right. So those things that, that that's one thing, but I think to routinely go fly in, you know, five, 10 knots of wind, you know, things like that. I, I think that's a different story. And I think that's more towards 20, 30 hours as well. I agree with that. Um, yeah, no, no yeah, I'm catching. I'm just now reading your next one here, Jeremy. Um, so at 10 is, and that, that was fast. Um, I mean, but you're a better judge of your aptitude and your comfort level um, than than me. And obviously, your CFI was comfortable with it. So I'm going to obviously say that's probably the right move then. Um, James saying, please make Scott do an episode on his own. There's probably almost a 0% chance that's ever going to happen. Oh, no, not a chance. <laughs> um, and, and you know what? That might be better for everybody if he doesn't. <laughs> because probably end up talking about motorcycles and that's probably it um and drinking and drinking yeah sorry i don't know what happened why i was repeating what we said uh jeremy um still showing he's still showing live ian said we're still live all right tyler's i enjoyed the loose conversation in each episode and how out of control the earlier recordings got away from the original topic such a good combination of character attributes really enjoy this uh he seconds that uh, james seconds that um, Tyler, perfect listen to while I'm working my day job with headphones on laughing. My first solo lap was crazy loud traffic at my local airport. I'm with Tyler. Yeah. Thanks guys. No, we appreciate that. That means a lot to us. You know, we w believe it or not, I do get hate mail, um, which does is typically valid. Um, I do like, I think it's hilarious. Well, and I'm, I'm like OCD. If you guys can't tell I'm OCD, super type a personality. Um, I expect better of myself. I'm always harder on myself than anybody else. I, and I used to be, you know, kind of hard on students and like I had something to prove. And I'd like to think if I were to go jump and teleport into a uh, an instructor role right now, that I would be a lot more lenient. I think I kind of mellowed out as I've gotten older a lot, too. And kids will do that to you. You gain a shitload of patience and 
I don't know. It, I just had a different, I had a totally different mentality about flying back when I was a flight instructor, but I didn't know anything. I didn't know what I didn't know. You know, every time you get a certificate, they say, you know, oh, you got a license to learn. When I got my ATP, they're still saying that same thing. You know, a license to learn. You never quit learning. And, you know, I've taken that to heart. No, we did Scott, just so everyone knows, Scott, I sent it to his Proton Mail, or I sent it to his FAR at AIM. No. What is his email? FARAIM at oh, scottboris.com. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't have that on his phone, so he just it auto cycled him out because he hadn't gone into it for so long. So yeah, if uh, you emailed Scott Boris recently, may not have gotten a reply. But yeah, we're trying. We're trying to get him on. Um. He's probably at a bar right probably. now. Probably. Jeremy, uh, no, we didn't. I wrote a note down. I'm trying to get through some of this, but the kind of the stream keeps happening here, so I'm trying to trying to roll with it. Um, Tyler, I have to bounce soon, though, so I hope on a future episode to sketch Scott on here on a live stream. I think we're going to try and be more biased towards live streams here going forward. Hey. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. I mean, this I mean, this has been awesome. This, this is you guys all... Thanks for oh, joining who, us. Look what we have oh, here. Oh, God, here's Scott. Hey. Hold on. He might. Hey. I don't think he's on. Uh, Maybe not. Well, I'm going to keep hey. I'm gonna keep rolling here for a second. I don't think he's on live yet. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's a great internet connection, Hello. too, of course. Yo. Yeah. As usual. We can hear you. Uh, where, where are you at? Where are you at, Scott? Yo, where are oh, you at? Oh, God, this is taking up too much time. Okay, this I'm gonna cut him off. Um, how do I kill? How do I? That's shut a great him down? question. I don't know. Um. Yeah, well, it's not. Yeah, Tyler, I see you're saying yes, but yeah, it's not working very good. And honestly, his internet connection is not much better when he's at home. No. So it's still pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. Okay, that's it. That might be better for everybody. I was on yeah. a roll too. I mean, I that wish if he was here from the start, that'd be one thing. But, um, yeah, we'll try and get Scott on um, when he has better internet connection. We might have we might have to think outside the box to get him decent internet. I'm just gonna for send this. him to my parents' house up there and just have him record from there. Something, yeah. James is saying an episode with some uh, info on banner towing might be interesting. Oh, here he is. Oh, we God. can hear you. Hey, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Jesus. This is what we have to deal with, guys. He looks this like is what happens before the He looks the like he's walking around the airport. But Seriously. I don't know. That's, it look, that's uh, maybe biased. All I can see is blue sky. Right. Um, an episode of some info on banner towing might be interesting. Seems to come up frequently in the conversation. That would be Rob's, Rob's deal. I could talk tailwheel and stuff till the cows come home, but um, hang with Rob a little bit on that. But banner towing is all Rob. I want to... I, I, I need to just find her number and invite her on the show sometime. Vic, my instructor, because she yeah. would know everything. Well, you you know a lot too, and that would probably suffice. But yeah, I mean, sometime. Um, I'm just, I would just want to get through some of these. Um, don't be a Scott Boris. Um, sure, I listen to podcasts. Still use the flip phone, Nokia flip phone. Probably. Dude, it wasn't that long ago that he was. That's yeah. no joke. He what's he, what is he about five years into the iPhone? Scott was the Scott was Three. late to the smartphone game. Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, Jeremy saying I listen to podcasts on my way to each lesson. I do one lesson a week. The length is usually an hour, except the cross countries. I actually download this week's lesson and listen to it, uh, on my way. Um, three hour long cross country trip. So that was the 150 nautical mile total distance. I assume you're talking about the long, the long one. Um, Tyler saying yes, but we lost him. Jeremy saying, don't be a Scott Boris. Um, it's always good advice. We always spell his last name and it's B O R. Yes. Come on, guys. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, jo- I'm just jo- I'm just joking. I don't really care. I just don't care. No, I just don't care either. <laughs> um, yeah, typical Scott, James says, for sure. That, I'm telling you, this is exactly what happens. Well, and actually, when I'm in a hotel, a lot of times this is my fault, too. I'm coming oh, yeah. in and out. I have to leave and come back and leave. I don't have audio. don't have video. Like, all kinds of stuff. So, I hear birds chirping. Yeah, who knows what he's doing? He probably just got off the lawnmower or something. Uh, stumbled off the lawnmower. I didn't see a drink in his hand. I'm not not sure. Um, Tyler just laughed. Uh, and then James, looking forward to, or he said, that'd be great. I spend so much time talking to them, but never get any feedback from them. 100% true. Like, yeah, it's like, if you don't hear, you know, like, no news is good news, right? That From ATC. But, man, there's been things, you know, I was based in Charlotte for a number of years and doing some of these, you know, what are called OPD arrivals, you know, RNAV arrivals that are OPD stands for Optimized Profile Descent, where you have these altitude constraints, but it gives you a window to kind of allow for different aircraft, you know, like glide capability and stuff. So you can hit where it works for your aircraft better, you know, like an A320 is different than a CRJ900, which, you know, I would have been in. And so... They, they just gave you a range so you could be as efficient as you wanted or just operate the way you wanted to. And <clears throat> you we never flew those arrivals the same way twice. And sometimes they give you some weird um, take you off the arrival, put you back on, and all these things. And you always, like, wondered, like, is that what they wanted me to do? And one time I had to do, like, three or four exchanges with this person. And I said, okay, look. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what you want me to do. So this is what I'm thinking you're telling me. Is that correct? And then it was like, yeah, that's that's what I want. It's like, okay, perfect. Now we're all on the same page. We're gonna have all the separation that they need for air traffic control and safety. So sometimes you just have to do that. Um, so it's good to have the feedback if you can. Um, then James is saying, uh, looking forward to when you guys get the recording equipment in Scott's plane and send him into the Cleveland class Bravo. Yes, we're all looking forward to that. Um, but Cle- see, Cleveland is not super busy anymore, that they're not really hub status for anybody. I mean, it's busy enough, but it's pretty, it's like kind of like Class Bravo. Like they're, they're, and they're really good. Like that, like I said, like that's where my buddy works. And they just seem to have a really good culture there. They're never, like, they're not gonna, you couldn't really get in trouble there, I don't think. There's some point, so- I want to send his ass into Chicago O'Hare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should probably start with Cleveland first and just listening for those cues. You're cleared into the class Bravo or remain clear of the class Bravo, things like that. But yeah, Cleveland class Bravo, the Cleveland class Bravo is not, it's not, and I don't want to say it's not that busy. They are just very lenient, I would say. They just, they, again, they need us as much as we need them. And they, they operate like that. And that's, and that's how I think they should operate. You know, we, we all need to work together and to keep this safe, but they need traffic. They need numbers. We need their help to go in a straight line if we want to, instead of getting said, Hey, remain out of the class Bravo and go 20 miles or so out of your way. 
Yeah, but we're, I'm I'm very looking forward to getting some recording equipment in there, just because I think it'd be educational. Even if we didn't even go into the class, bro, we'd just do a lesson and talk through doing simple stuff. I think there's some education there too. I want him to I want him to recreate. He said he was trying to explain to his wife how to land the plane in case he something happened to him. I just think that alone would be hilarious. Yeah. I think it's super important. I'm glad he was doing that. So, there should have that th- this happened in the plane while they were flying. He said he was trying to show her what to do. And I just I mean, God help her, but to have that rec- that conversation recorded <laughs> of what that was no. like. Can you imagine yeah. what Scott was saying oh, to like right. land the plane? I I don't even remember exactly what he said. Just he just shared that and I've been thinking about it ever since. I'm like, what in the world did he say to her? To land the plane. So important, though. I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did. But she's, he said she wants nothing to do with it at all. It's like, it's, I'm yeah. just telling you, the, like, the bare minimum to maybe save your life. Not even 100% save your life. It's a maybe save your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Probably might want to, might want to write some notes down or commit something to memory. Chat's dying off here a little bit, guys. I don't know if that's a sign or yeah. what. Might conclude this for the evening. I thought it was a pretty good run. We almost got Scott almost on. Almost got Scott on. And you guys, I mean, we appreciate I, you being patient with us, and it's probably you're going to need more patience when we get Scott on too because we're going to have some technical difficulties. It's all a learning process. And this was fun too. I hope I'm able to get an episode out of this because if we can turn, if I can somehow edit an episode out of this and have it be halfway reasonable... I'd like to do just a Q&A type thing like once a month like this. I think that'd be fun. Because like when we're actually doing an episode, we're not going to be like able to read the chat as much as we are right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one thing I'm noticing though, if I look on YouTube, it doesn't look like we're live anymore. No. It shows live on my side. Okay. Okay. Still says live. If flying the Lake Erie area, what is a must do? Oh, we could probably oh, kill. Man. We could probably kill the last twenty minutes. Whatever we have left, thirteen minutes. I mean, there's a, so we'll cut this off at two hours. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna that's, have to do something. I feel like that's enough. Yeah. Um, like in my perspective, so I mean, Cedar Point, you know, of course, like one of the best amusement parks on the planet. That's always good. Putin Bay, we you know we talk about often. Kelly's is a little bit more subdued. Putin Bay is more party, more for the younger crowd, not so family friendly. It can be, but just that's 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 all you. Putin Bay is a disaster. It's it's like they call it the Key West of the North. Yeah, I I mean I'm not into that. Like me, like uh, yeah, I like to drink, but I want to go drink on the porch. You know what I mean? I want to go drink on the porch. I want to yeah. go drink at a bar. Like not that I won't do that, but. I want to drink surrounded by people that like I want to be around. Kelly's Island's like family friendly drinking scene, if that makes it doesn't make sense if you've never been there, but trust me, that's that's the vibe you get. It's like there's just families everywhere, but it's just a bunch of bars downtown. Not a bunch of bars, nowhere near Putin Bay. It's like a big Applebee's. One, <laughs> yeah, one, two, three, four. Yeah, like Five, six, seven-ish bars downtown. Um, just a cool, it's like a quiet, no one's going crazy. You know, there's not the wet t-shirt contest going on that you'll get on Putin bay 
There's no swim up bars on Kelly's. It's just nice and quiet, you know. Yet, because some good bars, run into people. I run into a ton of people because I used to work there before I moved to Florida during the summer. But yeah, it just depends. And then like Middle Bass, unless you know somebody there. You don't really go there. Nobody goes to North. Bass. I would say part of it, like, I mean, just honestly, from a flying a pilot perspective, like when I dream of one day when I can own my own airplane, I'm just going to go bust out takeoffs landings at the different. I mean, like, I don't even need to get out of the airplane. Like, I know it's good to have a destination and obviously it's right in my backyard. But like that is that is fun to me because each island has its own personality. The wind can be totally different, even though the islands are mostly pretty close to each other within seven miles of each other or so for the the two furthest apart. Um, it can be vastly different and the runways are oriented different in the way that they're shorter runways compared to most. I mean, they're not the shortest, you know, um, North Bass is 1800 North South. Um, middle Bass is 1800 East West. Kelly's is East West, but it's like, I don't know, 2300, 2500. I'm not sure. Um, putting bays around in there too, but it's like kind of a Southwest Northeast type heading. And they're all just they're all just different, and you got you know traffic and glide distance, and so I mean for somebody who's not kind of used to thinking about all those things, it's really really fun. And they do have all their all their own personalities, but like North Bass, there's not really much there. You can do like hiking and ride a bike around if you want, but there's no bars. There's no re- there literally there's no bar, no restaurants, no nothing. You have to have a house there. I mean, there's no grocery there's no grocery store, store. Nothing. nothing. No no gas station. It's like eleven. 11 people live on there, like 11 families, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's well, not 11 families, just 11. I think it's, well, last I knew it was like 13, but who knows? That was years ago, too. So, um, you know, yeah. put in bay, I mean, it's, it's, it's it, gas station, grocery stores, all the restaurants, bars, all the stuff you can want, hotels, all the stuff like Rob was talking about. And I think that's a little something for everyone, probably, but I like it more subdued. My wife's family has a place on Peely Island, which is Canadian. And there is a few bars. It's the biggest island out in Lake Erie, but there's a few bars um, and a few restaurants. I mean, that, that's it. And you really don't really don't go to them much unless, you know, unless you want to. But that's you'd have to you have to clear customs. You have to do all that kind of stuff. And there's not there's there's bed and breakfasts and stuff. Um, I, I couldn't really give you a, like name drop any, but it's my favorite, obviously near and dear to my heart. I met my wife flying her up there, actually her and her family up there. So, but yeah, they all have different personalities, but Kelly's would probably of the American Islands. is probably the closest to what I would enjoy, but I've never drank on any of them. I've never gone and mingled on any of them. You've always just done flights yeah. to them. Yeah. And that, yeah. you know, that was long. Scott and I've got a lot of experience on Kelly's and Putin Bay. And basically those are the two main islands to go to. If you're going to visit the Lake Erie islands, Putin Bay, that's a party. There's other stuff to do. I shouldn't knock yeah. it so bad. That's the most. That's the most stuff to do, even if you're not oh, partying. There's, oh, Bay. there's Perry's Monument. You can go up. All that kind of stuff. Um, but it's it's a disaster. The main strip down there is is like Duval Street and Key West, only up up in Lake. It's unreal. Just party like during the summer on the right nights. Super crazy. Pelly's is just quieter it's like more of a family atmosphere like the island type vibe so yeah those are the those are the main two kelly's and putting bay yeah and then there's cedar point the big amusement park which is in sandusky which is on the mainland if you're in that area and you like amusement parks it's 
arguably one of the best. And there's some water parks, some indoor water parks around if you were like up around this area in the winter. Detroit has casinos. Windsor, which is just on the other side of the Detroit River, it's Canada. It's got casinos. Um, we do those frequently. My wife's family, you know, when we're driving around, when we can't fly, like closing up the cottage or opening, um, we'll do those if you wanted to do that. Cleveland has casinos. Um, but there's probably pretty much anything. Cleveland, you know, maybe not nationwide has a very good, um, I don't know, a real good uh, rapport. Uh, what do I want to say? A good reputation. That's what I mean. Um, but I mean, it's obviously COVID has pretty much killed everything. But there, there's a lot, a lot to do. A lot of great, great restaurants, great bars, um, a lot of sports stuff you can do too. So yeah, that's about all I can kind of think. What's about. What's up, Eric? Hey, Eric. I recognize him. Yeah, 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 we talk. We talk often. Yes, glad he could make it. Um, yeah. Now, if there's any time you you want to talk in real time, we can. Yeah, f- feel free to uh, put your questions in, Eric. Yeah, James, make a one, five o'clock. Wrap this up work. here in the next like five minutes ish. Yeah, I'm trying. That's yeah, bad timing. I heard it too. Oh, I heard the eight eight Delta flying. Delta flying. Yeah, we we need it. Yeah, we keep- we're trying. Hundred thousand downloads. Maybe this fall, we'll we'll do something. It's not. It's not going to be. I like don't change your schedule too much. I mean, if you're gonna like take time off or like go to go to Oshkosh. Yeah, or something. don't do this. Like, this is if you happen to be in this the is area. Just the, this is if you happen to be in the area. We'll be there drinking. Um, like no amenities or it's, anything. Matt said so. it's going to be a drive-in, um, basically. And that might not even yes. be safe. You're going to yeah. have to turn your keys in. Yeah. For sure. I mean, there are some hotel, uh, that microtel, isn't that like, right? Is that still a microtel? Yeah, there's hotels in the area. Yeah. Yeah. Huron's got or a bunch of hotels. pass out on the grass. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, Eric was with us. He was one of the only ones... He was the one who made the comment about the Foster's beer. He was drinking a Foster's That's beer. That's right. When we did our first live yes. stream, like the the old MacBook Pro I had could like keep it going for like I think five some minutes maybe but, before it just came all came crashing down. Eckel was on with us trying. But to do I it. wasn't in, on the YouTube conversation, so I I couldn't I couldn't read anything. So like I didn't know exactly what the setup yeah. was. We didn't know if he was going to come through and populate on the on the software or. Whatever. So now, yeah, I can be somewhat dialed in. Matt, you're, yeah, you're welcome. We'll do we'll do the announcement at some point when we do it. Uh, like I said, it'll probably be. I was hoping it would line up because I'm going up to Ohio. Um, help! I just, I just read Eric's hell yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, reading and talking at the same time. I was hoping it coincided with when I was going to be up there, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to do a second trip for that some weekend. Yeah. We're going to have to do something. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be end of July. It's not, we're not going to be no. quite there yet. No. I mean, and it, I mean, let's face it. It might not be exactly on a hundred, but I mean, around yeah. in there. Well, once we hit a hundred, hopefully do it. Yeah. We'll, we'll ramp up. We'll ramp up the planning. Opening yeah. to do it. It's uh Scott's place is, uh, right. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, it's perfect, though. It's it's perfect for... Anyone used to signature flight support, you will not experience that at 88 Delta. Don't... Yeah. If you're flying a Cirrus, I don't think you're going to appreciate it. There's a... There's dogs... 
peacocks that are going to be running up. Goats. Trying to pygmy goats. 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 Swans. <laughs> you may you may accidentally kill an animal pulling in, but it's normal. It's normal for that that strip. <laughs> what else? That's that's all I can think of that they have. The pond. Yeah, the pond. Do you say duck or dogs? Do you say dogs? Yeah, the dog okay, Lewis. Yeah. Got okay. dog Lewis. Yeah. It's half retarded, but we like it. <laughs> we get we get to that stage quick as well. Yeah. Works. Um, yeah, I think that I think we've wrapped this up. I think this yeah. was a good a yeah. successful run, I'd say. Yeah, um, thank you guys. Software works. We'll see how if I can make this into an episode worth putting in the stream. If not, it was just awesome hanging out. Totally. Um, yeah, we'll and you think that maybe doing... maybe this might be a monthly thing? You think, Rob? Based on the fun maybe. I've had doing this, I think it'd be cool because I like being so involved in the uh, in the chat. Yeah. Which I know when we're when we're doing like the normal episode, like if we have a guest on, we're trying to cover a specific topic and stuff. We'll probably be glancing over at it, but not like this is the whole time we're just reading the chat and like interacting with with it which i think is awesome but uh yeah i'm crossing my fingers i can turn this into something and if we can do this more regularly that'd be sweet yeah even during the regular episodes we'll still have the chat and like be glancing at it a little bit and get some live feedback which i think will still be cool for the the regular style episodes but we'll see the whole thing's a gigantic experiment yes but um that's all I got. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us tonight. It may be an awkward pause. This may not be the final goodbye because I have no idea how to end this thing. <laughs> Which button? We may just go. Just suddenly go dark. You know, we don't we don't know. Yeah, yeah. thank you guys. This this was this was awesome. I'm really looking forward to the next one. I mean, the, the interaction with you guys. We're doing it for you guys. We're not making anything. You know, so we do it for you, you guys. You are the you are the most anti live streaming, and now you're like the biggest fan of it. Well, now that we know it, I'm I'm into the I'm into the <laughs> chat. I can see what see yeah. the feedback, see the questions, kind of catch up and go back. And all right, um, yeah, thanks for coming. This has been fun. Uh, until next time, take yeah, care. Thanks, guys. Take care. We'll see you next time. Now we'll awkwardly pause until I figure yeah. out how to stop. Don't it. judge us. Just like sitting here smiling. Don't judge us. <laughs>